I've been asked many times, what are your swing thoughts as you're swinging? Well, I try to flat load my feet so I can snap load my power pack. As long as my number two power accumulator doesn't break down, I can reach maximums, lag, and drag pressure through impact fix. You see, the pivot is the utilization of multiple centers. Golf is geometrically oriented linear force. And if you think of all this, hopefully you'll hit shots like this. Hello and welcome to episode 7 of Full Swing Thoughts, a fried egg podcast on the Netflix docuseries Full Swing. I'm Brendan Porath, joined by Andy Johnson and Joseph Lamagna. Boys, uh, we will jump right into it. Episode 7 has an appropriately vanilla, banal title, I think, for what followed. It's Golf is Hard. And that's kind of like the punt tweet you see the PGA Tour share when they want to like not show up a guy, but also share a guy that like you know, chunked a chip or left it shot in a bunker. Like that's what they use as like, we're not being mean, but we're also showing you this guy uh, play a crappy shot that we know will be popular on social media. Anyways, the title is Golf is Hard, felt appropriate. Uh, it takes place at the Players' Championship. You know, that first timers media day uh, brought uh, press conferences, Andy. I know you and I have, have attended that one where everybody gets their uh, cufflinks. One of the most... Uh, critical scenes of the year in professional golf, that first-timers media day uh, outside the I like the first-timers media day. I know you do. I'm not hating on it. I'm not hating on it. I love being able to walk around and like actually meet. It actually makes me want to go to the players this year is like strictly for that uh, press conference because like you get like one-on-one time with a dozen, you know, PGA Tour players. Uh, So it takes place at the players, takes place at the Phoenix Open, largely for Sahit the Gala. Uh, it takes place at Riviera, which explores a little bit of Mito Pereira and, I mean, his relationship with Joaquin Neiman and the PGA Championship, which is a primarily Mito Pereira-focused uh, section. So Mito and Sahith Thagala are the two primary characters in a rookie's storyline, which I guess is a, a phenomenon that exists, but we'll talk about that more. Uh, first, let's get into what you guys liked about this episode were there aspects even as small because i feel like you know we ended on six a little down about where we were in the series um and i don't want to just continue that were there things you gleaned that that you enjoyed or stories that were told that you thought were good yeah i i think just in general the rookie aspect of the pga tour is a really important um, storyline to cover in this. I think that covering the rookies and, you know, I think they did some good things illuminating how difficult it is for rookies. I thought Sean Foley was excellent describing like, hey, these guys are playing the these courses for the first time. They're having to learn. They did it well with Mito Pereira talking about, hey, we need to manage your your load with the performance coach. You know, you're working out. You need to play all this golf. To, to learn the courses. We got to keep your energy levels high. I think that they did some good things in showcasing, you know, the, it's hard for the PGA, for the rookies to keep the card. They also fell short in some other aspects of that with, you know, just explaining a few things. Like, you know, a guy like Sahith Thagala doesn't really get to pick where he gets to play. That's, that's one of the tough things with rookies. They don't get to set their schedule. And they had... You know, innuendos, they showed him sitting at home, right? Yeah. Explaining he doesn't get into the PGA, right? They did good stuff with that. I think I really did enjoy the background information on Sahith Zagala. Um, and I think, you know, that was 
that was the high point of the show for me was really the Thagala aspect of it. I think I was I was mainly confused as I rewatched it about and thinking about the show in totality about where like why was this episode seven and B what happened the rest of the year with Sahith like it, it, they show you know no it's travelers Sahith. no travelers where it was obviously a critical moment for him right yeah travelers uh the open he was in the mix at a major yeah. like he's playing his first like you know really in the mix at a major championship and uh, arguably one of the most interesting fascinating storylines from that major was this rookie who was staying in a dorm you know and i like i loved i loved showing him adjusting to home life um with the laundry the bo- box as a laundry basket you know talking about how he was particular about laundry but now he does it himself and he's not particular you know i thought that was like really um enlightening and for a casual fan it could have they could have gone a little bit deeper into that is like i think one of the most difficult things for a rookie is that idea of like living life on your own on top of being at this competitive disadvantage comparatively to the rest of the tour they showed Beto Pereira with like a a chef a performance coach they didn't show Sahith with any of that, and they could have expanded on that stuff. But overall, I love that this show, this episode, was a part of the plan. I just don't know if the execution of it was great. Okay. Joseph, what were some things you liked about this particular episode or learned? By far, my favorite thing was seeing Sahith's family. And I got a lot out of his dad in particular. Um, the way that when Sahith on 17 yes. at Scottsdale, when yes. he hits the ball in the water and his dad's like, is it safe? safe? Is it safe? Like, tell me guys, tell me guys, is it safe? And then it's in the water. The way Sahith reacts in his press conference when he's crying and when he comes out, this the like the embrace that he gets from his family and his dad being like, you'll get your day soon. Like, I, I thought it was incredibly endearing. Added a lot of character to Sahith. Um, I loved the anecdote that Sahith said his his dad told him, don't temper your emotions. Yep. Like, let your emotions be a part of who you are. And Sahith saying, like, I'm just trying to be more like my dad. Like, I, I, I thought I got a lot out of that. That was by far the high point for me. I think I could have used some more background. Like, Sahith's dad, they got to the United States in the late 80s and would have maybe appreciated a little more backstory and the lack of Indian representation on tour. Like maybe we could have done a little more there, but overall i really liked that element of this episode. The emotions thing. This is just uh, an aside. I thought it was just a quick observation when he was coming out of his press conference where he was crying was Brooks standing there in the doorway waiting to go on next. Right. And like sort of the antithesis. I know he's cried at that very episode at that very uh, uh, event at the Phoenix open, but kind of the guy who, to that point, really bottles it up, puts on a face, maybe puts on the badass face. It was just an interesting contrast as you see Sahith walking out after just crying in front of him. And there's Brooks kind of standing in the doorway trying to be on his phone and, and I don't know, ignore whatever's going on. To that point, you know, we talked about earlier in this series how we thought the Brooks episode should have been the first episode out of the gate. And I think that connection that you just alluded to that I didn't pick up on would have been much more evident to people 
if this episode was like episode two, which I think it would have fit really well with, and then you could have gone JT Jordan after for, and I think we'll get into that with the Mito yeah. thing, yeah. but like the Brooks, the, it would have tied really well together because it would have been Phoenix open on top of Phoenix open with, if it followed right after Brooks. And then that press conference in the same room where Brooks was like icy, like a, you know, I just got to play better. I got to do this. And the juxtaposition of, of, of him with, with uh, Sahith crying, like it would have worked a lot better. I didn't pick up on that after watching it twice. I think that's like something that, you know, super interesting aspect that you, you just hit on. And, and I think this is where like episode seven for this, for this story felt really late. Right. Why? Why did I, I have a couple more good things, but let's just hit on that now. Why? It felt odd. Why are we talking about the rookies? And then, of course, the next one is sort of the uh, denouement at the Open and the Tour Championship. Why did they put the rookies here? Do you think, like, where where would you have put it? Uh, like, one, two? Episode two. Uh, two. I'm sorry, not one, two. Yeah, yeah. I think okay. the, I think the ideal flow would have been Brooks uh, Brooks and Scheffler yeah. and, and these guys because it... It's a lot the, of Phoenix. I we, We'll get into the Mito thing. There's a lot of Phoenix in this, but... The Mito story would have worked. The JT story coming right after the Mito story would have worked really, really well. Yeah. And the Mito, the Mito, like the Mito story at the PGA was completely independent of JT. They didn't even have to show who won that tournament. Exactly. They, they did it for a second there. And he hoisted they did it because they tied it back because back. this was all out of order. Yeah. This was just, it was a poorly, you know. However, it came to be that this became the order. This was extraordinarily poorly constructed with this episode here because this it it just it ruins the whole flow of the entire series. You feel like you know if you want a series to really work, it it should they should build on each other. At this point, I felt like we took like four steps back in the story of the PGA Tour season for this episode. I felt like we were progressing. And this one takes us back. And I don't think it's the episode's fault. I think the episode would have been a lot better early in the series. Right, right. I think a uh, um, couple other things just to clean up that I like. That's a good point. I mean, that's an overarching point. I'm glad we hit on at the top here. I enjoyed the, so I hit the background, the VHS, the home videos of seeing who he was as a junior golfer. We talked about Finau, like wanting a little bit more of that story. I could have used more of it here, you know, and just saying like, look, come from a Hindi background, like sports aren't even a thing, let alone golf. Like, and they show him shooting hoops, like in his living room. I, I love that of him playing golf really as a public golfer. And we heard Andy, what was it at the open? We heard like he was good on hard pan because he was used to playing on pretty unwatered, uh, you know, Muni hard Chico pan. golf. Yeah. Hard pan, California golf. Uh, so I enjoyed that. I thought that was great. And it kind of, Filled a little bit of the void we had about Fino wanting a little bit more of his background. Just home videos are great. I, I know. I enjoyed. I I thought they did a good job with the Mito seventy second hole uh, collapse. It was drawn out. I think it was a little long, but I liked. You know, Joaquin. They had. They were on Joaquin, right? Of course, we get a lot of context for that relationship before that seventy second hole collapse. It's one of the major moments of the season and one of the great last hole collapses i thought that was pretty well done 
just by like Neiman talking about, hey, this chip shot, it's not bad, right? And doing it with his hands, like he can do that. Like the lie was not great, but you know, getting to that context, getting the wife, you know, confused about is this for par or bogey and them having to correct her. Um, Mito, like, sorry to make you all wait around, like he says to, I think, Abraham answer. And they're like, no, no, come on. We love you. Like, we were so happy to be here. Um, it was drawn out. I thought it was a little long. But if you're going to be covering Mito, and I think they would made that commitment before the PGA, you got to have a good chunk on that 72nd hole. I think it also works really well for the rookie story. It's really hard to be a rookie. And I guess this is where the golf is hard, you know, name comes but it's very hard to be a rookie it's very hard to win on tour it's very hard like experience does matter in majors and I think that that aspect of it works really well I also really liked getting insight into the the family that is like Latin golfers on the PGA Tour Central and South American players and I think that if anything they could have provided a little bit more context but seeing Carlos Ortiz Bassi Munoz, uh, um, Neiman, Answer, all together. That makes sense. And given where this episode was in the series, it would have made a lot of sense to tie in some live stuff because a lot of these players went to live at this time in the season. If you had followed the arc of the last episode, episode six, and where we are chronologically in the greater series, before going back, I get why it wasn't in this episode. This episode was about things that happened before live, but half the players that were in this South, uh, South America, Central American family went I to agree. live. I would have loved to hear more about their, their, their thought process, their negotiations, their, the weight, obviously the Mido thing that extended all throughout the year. Neiman, it extended through the tour championship, but they were clearly clearly Abe you know it was the middle of the year they were clearly all in deep negotiations and maybe that was off limits for their agreement I don't know Joseph any other things what did you make of like the sort of Latin like how they bond together and off course footage there did did you think there was enough did you like what they had yeah and you're prefacing what Andy with your thoughts on live some of the stuff that I want to get into but while we're being positive one other thing I thought on Mito that was that was excellent was him saying hole 18 is really hard the day before on his drive home. And then that's the hole that he chokes on the next day. That was excellent to include in there on the Latin American thing. Thought that was very, well, very did, effective on the 18th hole thing. They also had Sahith in yep. watching golf, talking about how hard it was. And they also had the wife. I thought I agree. That was awesome. Like that. Awesome. And I thought yeah. it was great they got him ripping his glove walking off because, like, Mito, we didn't see anything around that in the PGA that showed any kind of anger, sadness. I mean, he was down, but we didn't see anything like that. So that was cool. But, yeah, to go to your original question on the Latin American thing, I think that was very effective. One of my takeaways is that it's uh, Liv signing a lot of these Spanish-speaking players away is a really big – like, that. That's a, that's really tough for the PGA Tour – I've been to like a, the San Antonio event and you see the crowd that's following Abraham answer. The fact that we don't really have any Spanish speaking players left on tour is it's missing. And it was cool to have people speaking Spanish in the documentary, like golf's a global game and we need more of that. So uh, that was a big takeaway for me, like the importance of some of that culture on tour to these guys and them being close knit. And now that's not there anymore. We're on a little bit of run of uh, showing the diversity of the tour going Fino, Morikawa, Mito. 
and Sahith, right? I mean, that is like, I don't know if that was purposeful in this order. Andy, you know, I think is accurately saying this episode fell out of order, but I've always felt that was sort of underplayed by the tour. Like golf is a pretty country club white game, but like at the highest level, there's a fair amount of economic diversity. I know it's a smaller sample size, top 100 or whatever, but we're on a run of that displaying the diversity on tour. Go ahead, Andy. I thought the uh, the chili traditions that were shown too was really cool after uh, the Neiman win uh, and the Piscola, Piscola. The, the the cookout like that was really neat. I really enjoyed that aspect of it. Uh, you know, you saw the family aspect of of Neiman winning. A the other thing I forgot how good that Neiman win was at Riv. How he just basically just blew everybody out. That was an, a super impressive win and. I think having Neiman a little bit like it felt like it was about the rookies, but also Neiman had a pretty big role. And I love the back and forth between Mito and Neiman. One of my favorite parts was like uh, them talking about the uh, mitochondria and uh, Neiman not knowing what it was and, 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 and him being like, well, I didn't really go to school. You know? And just, if you know a little bit about the background of Neiman, like he he was the sensation. He turned pro effectively at 18. And, uh, and like, I really wonder how much class he ever went to in his life. And I love that uh, aspect. And, and Mito being like, well, it seems like it's working out just fine for you. <laughs> you know, like, I just got to make the seven footer. I don't need to know what mitochondria is like. That was a great close to that little segment. Um, yeah. All right. I think that does it for the positive. I was, it was else? weird, though, that they didn't label that they were at New Orleans playing the team event. If they had a footage of that, I think that would have been additive to that relationship oh, I because it was that the was players. You're right. No, I think TPC. that was. I think it was. It was TPC New Orleans. I'm almost positive because I was looking at. I was trying to. It, you know what? Of course, it looks a lot like is is the old Houston venue, uh, golf club of uh, Houston that yeah. they used to have the Houston. And I was like, I was looking at the course. I was like, God, what course is that? And then I was like, Oh, that's New Orleans. And they're playing the team event, and they did that. That would have been a nice little additive. Is like, oh, they played this team. I'm actually kind of surprised that, like, we're at this point, and I assume that Rory, you know, I'm I'm not going to spoil this, but guess what? Rory didn't play TPC Louisiana. I'm surprised that that wasn't at all a part of this, uh, especially with the Mito Joaquin angle. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so that does it for the positive. We'll come back a little bit with the negative, but first, something else we're big positive on. That's B Dratty and zero restriction. I I, I segue. You, you got your Proctor. You got your Proctor hoodie on. Oh, I do. It's a little uh, fried egg St. Andrews logo. As we're going to talk about the the open here um, this afternoon. I love the Proctor. I you know I wear it with a vest. If it's a little little chillier out, you can wear it with any, um, kind of if that shoulder season, 35, 40, 50 degrees, depending on on how you know, averse you are to the cold, but I'm a big Proctor hoodie guy. It fits perfectly. It's got the half zip here. What do you got on Andy? Like it, what do I you got, got the Lawrence there? lightweight, uh, which is one of my favorite It's a vest. Uh, it's reversible. That's one of my favorite things about it is that like, it's got this, uh, it's got this great, yeah, great colors, but then it's got the gray inside out that you can reverse it to. And I think that gray, like what I've noticed my, I, the gray works really well for like casual situations, non-golf situations. That's what I love about this vest is that like it gives me a little bit of versatility. It's not like your your standard blue like 
you know, zero restriction makes that standard blue vest that is all the rage on on Wall Street. But this one's a little bit different, different material. And I think it works. It's it's just it's a nice one because it, of the versatility it gives you in the closet. This is it's not you know, it's not a cheap vest, but I guarantee if you get this vest, you're going to use it a lot. And you'll one, see that you use it in different social situations as well as it's an awesome vest for the golf course. The one thing I like about that is like I get jammed up like I'm dressed already and I, I have like a Navy shirt on or Navy pant like it will look like I'm, you know, monotone or too monochromatic and uh-huh. I just can flip it around. It, it's like easy. And then I go on my way. I still want to wear it. So I like that Lawrence lightweight. Love the Proctor. Like their whole thing is sort of adaptability, right? It can it can be kind of upscale events. It can be lounging around the house. Uh, so obviously we live kind of in dratty stuff uh, from sun up to sundown. You can use the promo code TFE25 at bdratty.com or zerorestriction.com. They're all Summit Golf brands under the same uh, umbrella there. They've been friends of ours really since the beginning of the fried egg with Andy um, and big supporters of, of this concept, Full Swing Thoughts. So if you're enjoying that, uh, you can support them for supporting us and use TFE25, not an insignificant amount. I was testing it to make sure it was still active. On some of these products, you're knocking off like 60 bucks. So you're knocking off yeah. a good amount of change. So go to zero. I think, zero I think, go ahead. I think for this vest that I'm wearing, um, I've had it now for three plus years. It was it was it was like a two hundred dollar plus vest, but you save forty bucks. And I think if you get three plus years out of something when you amortize that, it's a pretty good deal. All right. So uh TFE twenty five at bdrady.com and zero restriction.com. Thanks to them for their support. All right, fellas, we've said what we've said is positive. Did this episode overall work for you? We've we've said a lot of nice things. Um, was it enough? to make the rookies episode work for you aside from the ordering that Andy's issue he's already raised. Joseph, you want to go? I'm happy to go. There's something that I have to say. And that is that we are now seven of eight episodes in to the show. Andy kind of teed this up on the last episode. Like, what do you guys think of the live coverage? And at this point, I am actually extraordinarily disappointed at how little of a story live has been in this Netflix series. And the fact that if you followed golf in 2022, at every press conference, players were asked about Liv immediately. The Finau and Morikawa episode of Net- the Netflix show didn't have a mention of Liv. These players each should have been asked, hey, like, biggest story in golf, what do you think about Liv? Wasn't in the episode. Mito Pereira has now signed with Liv. And we don't even have in the Netflix episode any mention, hey, Mito, what do you think about Liv? And that's a huge miss that I'm I'm extremely disappointed in. I think the fact that the Netflix was given the rights this year to film on the PGA Tour and we had a once-in-a-lifetime story with Liv, how little it's been covered, is like, I'm actually, I feel kind of betrayed as a golf fan and, and what I was expecting out of this. And to use the Ian Poulter clip when they were creating the trailer, you picked a hell of a year to follow the PGA Tour. For us to have this absence of Liv, I think is a, a stain on the series that I'm actually like really disappointed in. So, I mean, Joaquin Neiman also signed with Liv. He's on Liv now. He's in this episode, never asked about Liv. And I don't mean it in an accusatory way. They don't need to interrogate these guys. But the fact that that's missing from the show, we're, we're 90% of the way through now. I, I cannot believe it. And that's, it's really disappointing to me. Do you think um, 
that was off limits. Like they just, they can't even go there. And I, I, it's, it's curious to me. It's amusing to me how many agents are appearing in this show. Like the agents clearly have a little bit of their thumb on the scale with how this is made and produced and getting involved and same with the tour, I would say, because, and the major organizations, but they clearly, I'm not saying it's produced by them or sanitized, but they have. Hold on, hold on. There's a PGA tour employee listed as an executive producer. So thank you for saying that. This this needs to be pointed out. There is a P, a high ranking PGA Tour employee listed as an executive producer. So the, to say to say that they're directly involved, it says so in the credits. Yep, yep. So if the guys, if the agents or the guys say they won't talk about it, what Put do that you in do? There. What's that? You still ask them, and they just they do the cheeky face and they make a no comment, and that says yep. for itself. It's where you have these other p- voices. You have Sean Foley. You have D- Dylan Desher. You have Amanda Renner. You have uh, Daniel Rappaport in this to provide context, to provide answers to questions that the players might not want to answer. You have other people. You know, like I bet Mito Pereira's wife would have talked about it. This is the thing. Like you got, we got gleaned amazing insight into DJ just two episodes ago from what Paulina said, you know, and said about Liv. Some of the most valuable stuff from the show has not been from the players. It's been from their, you know, I would have been super interested to hear Seth talk about it as somebody who probably didn't get an offer, who financially is probably the least well off of all the players that have been profiled so far, you know, in terms of like money earned, he's using a, a, a box as a laundry basket. He comes from humble beginnings with his, with his, like parent, like they didn't grow up like super rich. I would have been interested to hear Saad's dad talk about it. I would have been interested in almost every single person that has been interviewed for this show talking about Liv in some capacity. That was the story of the year. It's going to be the story of the decade uh, with golf. And we've heard nobody talk about it. And I think part of why I'm so disappointed is when we heard that this show was happening. The what was floating around was like, wow, and the PGA Tour is letting unfettered access. Like they're letting Netflix say whatever they want. And now, now that we're seven of eight episodes in, it's starting to feel like PGA Tour propaganda to me, which was not what I was sold on. Live was the big story of 2022. It, I, I can't get over. I can't get over how little of, of this Netflix series Live is, and it, it's incredibly disappointing. So I'm really glad you called out Andy that a PGA Tour employee is listed as an executive producer that is extremely important to call out i yes i i'm I'm with you i'm i agree i it's it was everything everywhere to everyone that was the story of professional golf you cannot tell the story of professional golf in 2022 without like honestly hammering it at least getting everyone's like if it's behind the scenes we want to hear that behind the scenes stuff um I guess my only explanation, and I'm not, it's not justification, it's an explanation, would be like they signed up to do this show, not uh, to do this show that came out, not the one about the battle for pro golf. And maybe that's a separate documentary when they started it. And I've read reviews like Brendan Quinn, The Athletic. Uh, again, just an explanation, not a justification. But you can't, but you uh, can't but, use it as a promo then. Oh, you're talking about the, the Poulter thing, or you picked a hell of a year, that whole. Yeah, you yeah, can't. Right. Yeah. Right. I, 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 it seems like reviewers like Brendan Quinn, others like we come to our, our own conclusions, but it seems like they're saying similar things like they took a gamble to not really make this 
the anchor of the show, the entire lens with which the show is is produced and, and distributed this first season. I mean, you just talk about a creating and and this is it's titled docu series, right? And when I hear documentary, it to me kind of kind of connotes like a time capsule. And from that standpoint, if you're creating a time capsule of the 2022 PGA Tour and the the and the a lot of the big name players, missing this is just like this is a perfect episode to show it too because yeah you've like the majority of the characters in this episode that are introduced in this episode in ancillary characters as well as one of the leading characters are now live players well yeah this is a pervasive problem with documentary filmmaking right now it's not like unique to this like the last dance you heard all the uproar like that was michael jordan's entirely portrayal portrayed that was his portrayal sanitized and most friendly to Michael Jordan. And that's why he has, that's why he signed on to it. And that's Spoken why has, like a true LeBron. No, fan, I'm I not think. even trying to bring that up, but that's like an <laughs> issue with a lot of these like 30 for thirties or, or whatever. Like LeBron's doing the same thing, like behind his own story. Like that's Can't a wait continue- for the uninterrupted. Uh... Right. That's what I'm saying. It's a pervasive issue right now with even the most like blue blood, highfalutin production companies and networks that it's an issue with documentary filmmaking, especially as it relates to sports. But I get like, we're getting off topic here as it relates to just episode seven. Uh, but I'm glad we're talking about it. I'm glad we're pointing. Not it really out though, because cause you thought I, this I think was we need plot, to, spot. to put it, to put it bluntly. It, it is embarrassing that there's one of the profiles. One of the players profile is Mito Pereira, who is now on live and live is not a part of the episode at all. He's not asked about it once. That that is that's an that's embarrassing. Well, go, but that's not a part of the docu. Uh, he, well, part of the to, to be fair, he did not sign until this winter. It's not so. clear that he's totally signed yet either. It's not like officially announced, right? I don't think they've announced it, but he is. I mean, he's playing in Oman as we speak. I think he needs to be asked. I think about we're. It. Yeah. I think where the where where it fall where it all falls apart. You know, like I can say, oh, Mita Pereira hasn't signed, uh, didn't sign, like in the production period. His best friend signed ne- during the, the season. Part. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> so, which you, which you, they spent fifteen minutes talking about. Well, going back now that to the last episode, we thought Morikawa was so thin. Like maybe that's what the story you tell about Morikawa. Like just ask yeah. him about Liv. What, well, it's Liv weighing on you this year. Like that's a way to make his Mor- story yes. more Morikawa interesting because he didn't do anything super... on the golf course. And Morikawa wasn't like. He a was lot. wishy-washy. Yeah. He was he did not give like he was not you would you wouldn't have characterized him for much of the year as like one of the staunch PGA Tour loyalists like a Rory or like a JT. Morikawa yep. was and that and Finau was in the same boat. Like nobody really knew where Finau stood either. You know? It, and that should be in there. Even yeah. no commenting it. Yeah. It, that would be interesting. Yep. If you ask Colin Morikawa, hey man, what do you think of Liv? And he said, you know what? No comment. <laughs> that would have been an excellent part of the episode. Did you watch Live London? Have you talked to Dustin Johnson? There's like questions you can ask to get color without right. asking them, like, where are you with your negotiations with them? Right. To, to get some color about the scene of what everybody's thinking and talking about. Yeah. Even like fair. the Fitz, and we didn't talk about this. I, I had a note of this and I didn't bring it up in the Fitz episode. The question about to fit about a and it worked it is because it was a dj fits uh episode about the offer from from uh live and him talking about like 
it was kind of like a half-hearted offer. I don't think they really gave me a real proposal. I gleaned a lot of insight from that because I don't think Liv thought he was a great player. Going to have the year he had. Yeah. yeah. And like if and I I bet they get, they sent that nego- that offer over to him early in the year and it's like that's an example of the guy that probably got offered less than Westwood or Poulter or something and ended up being a now a centerpiece of the PGA Tour stable, right? I gleaned a ton from that question. And that's what's been it's it's as simple as that. There we talk about through lines in all these episodes. Tiger has been a through line in every single episode. All right. I think that's a great through line. That's something they've done really well is like they have subtly, without devoting a ton of airtime, explained Tiger Woods's importance to the sport for the casual fan. Where they have utterly fallen flat on their face in this entire season arc is telling the story of the ever-present live golf league throughout. And it and it doesn't need, I'm not asking for big takeout sections on live. I'm asking for just acknowledgement of live in these episodes with players who are intertwined in the live PGA tour discussion. Everyone, everyone's season, everyone's season. Every single person's season was impacted by that, and it was on their mind. And it, uh, you know, right? It, that it's not just Rory, it's not just DJ. Every single person can speak to it. Why? Why I'm so disappointed is I think if you are a casual newcomer to golf, and this is the series that is kind of your introduction to golf, you did not experience what golf fans experienced in 2022 at all. Every time somebody took the mic, it was just a matter of time before they got asked about live, and that's not evident in this docu-series at all. I think so there could have that, been... That's just a, really disappointing. I think there could have been a lot about the beefs, like the shit-talking, the crossfire, back and forth. Right. That was a major part of golf in 2022 was in a way that we never see with this sport. Is lawsuits, guys like The lawsuit's not mentioned. Going at each other. Yeah. Well, where it also fails on another level is when you're talking about season two. And, you know, like you're starting to go... You know, at this point, they're starting to film for season two. And one of the things, by not creating the story, by not introducing and and really growing the story here, if Liv just like crumbles and DJ is trying to crawl back or pull, like these guys are trying to come, how do you tell that story when you've missed the boat on telling the initial story, right? I have a feeling this isn't they'll a find story a way that died. To tell that one. I have a feeling they'll find a way to tell that one, the collapse. Exactly. Bit. Or <laughs> like if, if, five more players go to live this year like you've missed laying the groundwork and it doesn't and again i think like the thing that bothers me is that the tiger story has has worked super well because it didn't it never has overwhelmed an episode but it's been a part of every episode and that could have been the same thing with live here okay and how about the fact that the next episode covers the tour championship by that time Lawsuits are flying. You had to stay at Memphis, right? The uh, TRO at Memphis, right? How, that- how is so? Live Golf and PGA Tour are litigating against each other, and that is never mentioned yeah. in the docu series. Yeah, that's a good point. That's that's inc- that's an incredible miss. All right, we may talk about this more in episode eight recap as well. I would imagine because it is a big. I mean, it's the Tour Championship, and there's some Rory footage. Obviously, Rory's voice in the, the whole year. Uh, other things you kind of thought fell flat or did not like about this episode. I thought, you know, I watched this late last night. I, I thought I was like, like hallucinating when the teaser, <laughs> the teaser, like the first 
whatever they do at every episode, first three minutes, like the to get you in, was like about Sahith being some guy who picked up a club for the first time yesterday. <laughs> and Mito is like, I don't know, the greatest, the biggest hype prospect since slice since you know Tiger. And like they finally do eventually say, well, by the way, he's 27. Like, I thought that was bizarre. Like, I get. I thought the rookies angle, I know you said it was like, you liked that. I thought it was a little overplayed. Like, do they actually root for each other in the way they, it's like, Hey, Mito, talk about Sahith. Sahith. Hey, talk about Mito. Like, were you really rooting for him at Southern Hills? Like, I thought they sort of forced that upon them, but the way they portrayed these two guys as opposite, like a second round pick and the number one overall pick coming in the NFL was a little bizarre to me because Sahith's not chopped liver. Yeah. I mean, if we want to run down some like career cr- credentials, sure. I mean, Sahit Tagala was a Haskins Award winner, right? I believe he ranked number one in the world amateur golf rankings. <laughs> so, so okay, that's one player who's portrayed. What's the Haskins? As, what's a Haskins Award, Andy? Uh, most. Oh, great! Thank you for. Uh, that's the most outstanding co- collegiate golfer for the year. So the best, I mean, also probably would have had more collegiate awards if not for the pandemic could have, I mean, I mean, I can't prove a false negative, but you know, number one player on a historic, like I think it was pretty historically great college team that, that their run was cut short because of, of the pandemic. So that's the gala who's portrayed as like, kind of like a no name coming up through the corn Ferry ranks. Mino Pereira is 27. He won three times, which I think they, you know, they got the battlefield. It doesn't happen all the time. But if you also look at the guys that w- have done the battlefield, it's not like the most outstanding list. Okay. He's 27. He took three years off golf and he's from a country that is not a golf powerhouse. And he's being portrayed as like the next big thing on the PGA Tour. It's crazy. It, that would be like me comparing. In the NBA, um, let's see, like Alex Caruso to Zion Williamson. Right, right. I don't know if they took the bit about Zayeth living with his parents to mean like he has nowhere to go. He's he's living in his mom's basement, just looking for a break and trying to figure out the game. Like I don't know if they over, like over interpreted that, but it was weird. One of the things too, like Sahith Thagala probably because of his credentials signed like a mid six figures endorsement deal the second he turned professional. I don't think the same thing existed for Mito Pereira. I might be wrong, but I don't think any equipment company was like hammering down the Mito Pereira door at age 23 like they were for Sahith Thagala. This is just like an extraordinarily flawed storyline that feels like this storyline was created because of Mito's success in the PGA championship. Yep. I got to say like I've, I've been too negative, but whatever we're, we're giving our, our full swing thoughts here. It's crazy that they give an anecdote that Mito quit golf for a couple years and then just pass right by on that and never explain what happened there. I'm like dying to, I actually didn't know that he quit golf for a couple years in his teens. They just mentioned he quit for a couple years. How how is he not asked about that, and we don't get any backstory? Especially there? within the that, context that is a big miss. of Joaquin being there, and that's like when Joaquin jumped him, right? He's that's how like Joaquin got on tour because this gap that Mito just decided to quit. Uh, for how do you how do you brush over that to show it a bunch had of to be something? The- what happened? Right, right. What happened? I would have. I thought. Did you did you feel like it got enough of sort of like the the Latin the 
what they their background, how they came up. They talk about always no. practicing together. I love the the moment when they're talking about the piscola. That was cool. And Joaquin talks about like we start drinking when we're eighteen in Chile, uh, but Mito probably when he was thirteen. I was like, why? I would love to know more about like what that whole scene was like in the junior golf and and you know when they were drinking. Why would why did Mito start when he was thirteen? Obviously, smaller scale question about why did he quit. So I think there could have been even more on sort of the Latin group. It was a note. One note I had that might be asking too much, but like, could we have gone to Chile for to film a little bit of this? Like that would have been sweet, maybe just out of the budget, but like, damn, that would have been really, really cool to see where these guys grew up and practice together. But again, that, that might be nitpicking because I understand it's hard to get a lot of these guys time and fly to Chile, but that would have been pretty sweet. Yeah. Yep. All right. Should we do notes? Quick cleanup. I, I don't have a ton. Uh, I thought it was amusing. Why are Mito and Joaquin in their playing outfits, like in full-blown branded? I thought that was his house in Jupiter. And I don't think that it was the Honda, but they're literally in like all their brand. Or did they put that on because Netflix was filming or maybe it was on the road and, and they just, I missed the label jump. So that was a quick note. Go ahead, Andy. What uh, you say? One one thing was uh, interesting I found was like the, how like Mito has a chef. And like this performance coach, and then Sahith was just like it was just his parents. I thought that was super interesting. I I I I don't know what the like the the barrier is for chef. Like I wouldn't have expected a rookie on the PGA Tour in Mito's standing to have a personal chef, but he did. It was uh that I found like it, like he kind of has this like whole team, and I liked Sahith how he had and maybe this was a lot of portrayal them trying to portray that storyline that I just went off on about him doing his to me I got the sense that Mito does none of his own laundry Mito doesn't even cook his food and then you had Sahith kind of just like living on his own I love that Sahith is in Houston um you know that was uh that was something that I I really liked I did like the uh the quote once everything gets to golf it will be okay um from Sahith and that I think it really encapsulates the struggle of of rookies is like there there's a lot of stuff going on. And I think this is like they did a nice job. But, you know, this was me picking it up as like a like that's the struggle. Like the really hard thing about being a professional golfer for a guy like Sahith is that you go from these environments of college golf where everything is taken care of you for you. Like you live with your and, and then after living with his parents, everything's taken care of to like you have to take care of almost everything yourself. And it, 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 but at the end of the day, the golf is what you've done your whole life. I thought they made him like, he was honestly getting back to the portrayal of him being a, just a low level rookie. Like he was one of the legit, like breakout players. I don't want to say star, but like of last year, he was like a darling. He popped from Phoenix in February, all the way through June into July in the open. Like he was a breakout, like a, like a really compelling figure game wise, you know, on the course, off the course with the scene in Phoenix. I thought they kind of like minimized, obviously his credentials, but like, I thought that made him a little boring. Like ask him, just talk about like Mito and talk about his station as a rookie. I would have, I, I, I felt like some of his quotes did not do justice to the, to the sort of character and figure he was on tour. Can we, can we talk about something? Yeah. Always. It's our podcast. He made it to East Lake. <laughs> right. Right. Again, like I don't wanna I, yeah. I don't wanna be negative, but this episode where it is, 
in this season, if this was episode two, I wouldn't have this this complaint. This is episode seven. You've there has been some sort of a chronological flow to this episode. You are going to East Lake next episode for Rory. And I don't want to I, I don't think this is a spoiler since this happened. Rory wins the FedEx <laughs> Cup. Okay. Now, wouldn't it be a great way to tease what the FedEx Cup is with a and talk about like how great of a season a rookie has to have in order to get to the to the FedEx Cup finals? I mean, it's a great point. Am I taking crazy pills here? Like <laughs> like the poor part of it like this well it doesn't it it makes me believe that this episode was slated to be episode one two or three or done and dusted and produced in whatever july june august or something we're like we got our episode for this and they didn't add to it i don't know maybe i'm wrong so like if it's going to be episode two and we get like the the brooks scotty early episode that like and then this is episode two. It also makes sense. But with it being episode seven, you don't have anything on Scythe after that waste management, really. And it's like, oh, there are like one or two rookies every year that make it to the FedEx Cup finals. And he's one of them. And you don't, there's nothing about that. How great of a year he had. You just are, this, this is more about the casual fan. I know this about Scythe. I know this. But this show is about appealing like one of the reasons that they did the show was to cast a bigger net in golf. Sahith is an extraordinarily interesting character. Like I think we all agree. Like we love the Sahith parts of the show. And then you just don't follow through with like the most interesting part of the Sahith story was he was great. He's like one. Everybody expects him to maybe be like a dark horse candidate for Ryder cup candidacy this year. I think I think the maybe the big flaw of the show is as you were saying that Andy that I'm now realizing is like they maybe just needed to zoom out a little bit. Right? Like okay, we we covered Sahith. What are the most interesting things about Sahith this year? And like kind of go about building the storyline that way because to me Sahith's like his story was he had a really successful rookie year that where he made it to East Lake and that's really hard to do as a rookie. Like as you're saying as what you just said Andy, like that should be the story. And that's completely absent from this episode. So I understand what they were trying to do and tie these guys together and kind of build these very particular narratives. But I think they needed to zoom out a little bit and be like, in 2022, what was the story of golf? I mean, they missed live. They missed a lot. The other thing that Sahe fits into when you want to talk about big, big storylines is golf and golf is the youth movement and like how these guys are rookies are coming in fully equipped to to handle golf and play high level golf. And Sahith's a perfect example of that. Rory gets into that a little bit in the next episode about uh, being like the oldest guy all of a sudden at the tour mm-hmm. championship. Um, but yeah, you're right. That was a miss. Another miss. What what do you grade this? Do we want to do the grade or is it just? Generally, pass fail. I think it's just up. another C for me. Okay, Joseph. There's some. I. 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 Again, I picked up insights. I enjoyed some things about this. But when we're looking at the episode as a whole in the overall scope of the show, it to me feels like the show is losing momentum as it reaches its finale, and that's not a good thing. Okay, Joseph. It's a D for me because I, I actually am pissed that live was not covered more thoroughly. I feel like I feel betrayed as, as somebody who follows golf that 
we missed like the biggest storyline. So it can't be higher than a D for me. I love some of the Sahith anecdotes, but yeah, truly like it's a black eye on the show that, that we didn't have more live when Mito Pereira signs with live 12 months later. Like I, I actually can't get over that. I think I'm like C minus D plus kind of thing, just because like, if you have a part of the show where it feels like I'm hallucinating, like this isn't like, this is false news. This isn't the reality. And I'm not even getting to the live part. I'm getting to like the portrayal of, of Sahith, like as a guy just off the driving range somewhere, I thought it was like, just not accurate enough. Right. So that, that bothered me. Um, and as Andy just alluded to, like they kind of missed really the success of his season in, in this portrayal, but I love the 72nd hole stuff and, and obviously some of the Sahith background and home video stuff too. So also now that I'm just thinking of it real quick, Cam Young had like an amazing year and that might've been a good thing to throw in there on a rookies episode. Like maybe just mention it. Rookie I know he wasn't profiled. He was rookie of the year. Didn't he agree? He was in, I think he was in he... contention in multiple majors. Yeah. Like how about how about just talking about him a little bit? You don't have to have him interviewed. I understand he wasn't part of the show, but we had a historic rookie season from Cam Young. No mention. Yeah, good point. All right, that does it for episode seven. We'll be back to wrap it up with a review and recap of episode eight on uh, Roy McIlroy, the Open, and the Tour Championship.